Welcome to Second Monday, or rather Tuesday, September 8th, 2020, and the beginning of a very short week with a lot going on. This is the Charlottesville Community Engagement Newscast, here to keep an eye and an ear on what's happening. I'm your host, Sean Tubbs. Today's Patreon-fueled shout-out comes from a patron who just wants to ask you to vote. That's it. Just vote. Vote early. Take your friends to vote early. Vote in person. Vote early. As we've heard before, he's already mentioned that. Classes start today in person at the University of Virginia and virtually in Charlottesville and for most pupils in Albemarle. Students in Fluvanna and Nelson counties are also in class remotely. Louisa and Greene County are on the hybrid model with a mixture of in-person and virtual participation. The Virginia Department of Health reports another 836 cases of COVID-19 this morning and another two deaths. The seven-day average for positive tests has dropped to 7.5%, down from 7.7% yesterday. There are another 13 cases in the Thomas Jefferson Health District, with eight from Charlottesville, three from Albemarle, one from Fluvanna, and one from Green. The district-wide percent positive rate dropped to 6.4%, from 7.1% reported yesterday. The University of Virginia's COVID-19 tracker was updated late Monday afternoon, and the official tally increased to 227 positive cases reported since August 17th, with 186 of those listed as students. There were 18 positive test results reported for September 4th, two for September 5th, and six for September 6th. Numbers for September 7th were not available at production time. Efforts to bring more passenger rail service to Charlottesville came one step closer last week. The Virginia Department of Rail and Transportation and other governmental entities completed paperwork for the expansion of a bridge that crosses the Potomac River. According to the executive summary for the final environmental impact statement for the Long Bridge project, there is insufficient capacity, resiliency, and redundancy to accommodate the projected demand in future railroad services. Funding is available for a second daily train to come through Charlottesville on its way between Roanoke and D.C., but the current crossing cannot handle the additional traffic. The new structure will be owned by the state of Virginia and will carry two tracks adjacent to the existing bridge over the Potomac. The project also includes a new bike and pedestrian bridge. While work continues on the long-running update of the Charlottesville Comprehensive Plan, the city is launching a review of the Strategic Plan, a document that guides decision and policymaking in city government. According to a press release, the city manager evaluates the performance of each department against their specific objectives, performance measures, and initiatives. The city will hold a series of five public meetings where the update of the current plan will be discussed. The current plan has five goals, one of which is to be an inclusive, self-sufficient community, and each goal has a series of metrics to see if the goal is being met. A dashboard for the current plan indicates the city is not meeting its goal to create more subsidized affordable housing units, for instance. The comprehensive plan is a different document that is mandated by state law that is more about government overall. City Communications Director Brian Wheeler responded to a question of mine in which he stated that the comprehensive plan guides decision-making process for matters related to land use, community facilities, housing, transportation, environment, economic sustainability, historic preservation, urban design, and more. Wheeler said that the two plans can work together and pointed to the goal for increased affordable housing as an example. 
The firm Roadside and Harwell is currently overseeing a review of the comprehensive plan while also drafting a new zoning ordinance and affordable housing strategy. That process is known as the Seville Plans Together initiative. City Council will hold a six-hour work session on the strategic plan next Tuesday from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. But way before that, City Council will meet tonight beginning at 6 p.m. for a long meeting that includes a public hearing on the issuance of $27 million in bonds, a rezoning for a car wash off of Long Street, and a resolution to prohibit firearms on city property. There's also a special use permit for a nine-story building at 218 West Market Street that was deferred by the last City Council at their penultimate meeting in 2019. In Albemarle, the Architectural Review Board will consider a proposal that involves a car dealership replacing the Hardys at the southwest corner of Rio Road and US-29. This project went before the Places 29 Rio Community Advisory Committee late last month, and Scott Collins is its engineer. My applicant is looking to move his um, dealership over to this site and utilize uh, a lot of the existing facilities on the site, but make some improvements. Um, the building itself would be reused uh, with some minor modifications of removing the drive-through canopy and removing the refrigeration in the back. Buffering and landscaping appear to follow elements of the Rio Road Small Area Plan, which seeks to guide the redevelopment of Albemarle's commercial strip area. This Saturday, the Confederate markers in Court Square will come down. At 5 p.m. today, the Albemarle Board of Supervisors will meet to select an entity that will receive the statue, the cannon, and the stack of cannonballs. Offers have come from the Shenandoah Valley Battlefield Foundation, the Petersburg Federal Correctional Complex, the Gordonsville Grays, the Isle of Wight County Historical Society, Sons of Confederate Veterans, the Civil War Museum at the Exchange Hotel, the Trevelyan Station Battlefield Foundation, and Hampstead Farm. And that's it for this installment of the Charlottesville Community Engagement Newscast for September 8, 2020. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back tomorrow with another installment.